This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Welcome to Friend of Maryland. My name is Kat Pause, and this is a fat-friendly space. Today on Friend of Maryland, I talk a bit about my excitement at a new fat tarot deck. I chat with Leslie Owen, a sociology instructor and social activist, and I spotlight a piece from Suck My Mouthpiece on Vast about caring for her fat body. As I moved into adolescence, I became less satisfied uh, with the religious upbringing. Uh, I was raised Catholic and went to private Catholic school up until I hit uh, junior high, intermediate. But as I got older, I became kind of less convinced and and less engaged and I saw myself less and less um, within that spiritual and religious teaching. And so I turned to Wicca and I spent several years um, as an avid reader um, and um, amateur practitioner, if you will, uh, of the the Wiccan faith. And one of the things that I quite enjoyed was reading uh, people's uh, tarot cards. Now, I haven't done that now. (laughs) Goodness. Um, for you know, over well over twenty years, but I still enjoy having my cards read, um, and I do like to support several members of the fat activist community that I know um, do readings as a way to help support themselves, and I always really enjoy um, the work that they do when they help me pull cards and make a bit of sense out of what's going on. I'm so super excited to share. That just in a recent mail that I received from my parents in the States, my fat folks tarot cards had arrived. Um, The fat folks tarot cards were uh, pulled together um, by – well, really, actually, a bunch of a bunch of artists. So um, the images, like it's not that one person did all uh, seventy eight uh, of the cards. It's that different artists made uh, made different cards, and they are gorgeous. Um, all of the cards are of of fat people. Um, there's a, such a really lovely amount of diversity in terms of like size of fat and. Um, ability in fat and uh, uh, the rainbow community and BIPOC. It's just a really cool project that was um, pulled together that you could then purchase uh, to support. And I have to say, if I remember correctly, it was a nonprofit project that the money was uh, benefiting a trans affirming nonprofit organization. I apologize. I don't have the details at the top of my head. If you go to fatfolkstarot.com, I think that's their website. You can also find them on Twitter. I've also been recently uh, tweeting about the deck that I got and sharing some of my favorite cards. I swear one of my friends actually posed for one of them, although he claims that while the card is gorgeous, that it's not his, that he wasn't, he wasn't the inspiration. Um, 
they are currently printing them now, but they've promised to do a second printing in 2022. So check it out in 2022 if you can, if this is your jam or if there's someone in your life that you know really loves tarot, this would be a great addition to the decks that they probably already have. So support fat artists, support fat positive representations of fat bodies, and definitely support trans and gender uh, affirming nonprofits. Joining me today is Leslie a sociology instructor by day and a writer and social activist by weekend. Leslie is an avid avid animal fan every second that she's awake. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on Friend of Maryland. Yay. Thank you so much for inviting me, Kat. I appreciate it. So I'm very pleased. I think this is the, is this the first time we've had you on the show? Oh, yes. Is it possible that it is very in 10 years this is the very first time we've had you on the show yes i attribute this to my stage fright so yep in fact you you posted things about getting in touch with you folks in the midwest you want to get in touch and i was like mm. <laughs> stage fright I, mean, I appreciate that you finally put your hand up i apologize that i haven't gotten to you sooner than this but I'm very pleased uh, to be able to talk to you today. Like, first up, let's do a little kind of announcement. Um, You're the chair of the Fat City Stream of the PCA-ACA conference, uh, which happens Mm -hmm. every year in the United States, which is Mm -hmm. one of my, like, goals is to be able to actually present um, at that conference, like, because it would mean, obviously, that I get to come home to the United States for a visit, but also... I know that it's kind of like the place to be every year uh, for people involved in Fat City Scholarship and Fat Activism to get together. So tell me just a little bit about a little bit about the stream itself, but then also update us about the 2022 conference that's coming up. All right. So by the way, if you want to submit something, Kat, just saying I could make that dream come true of you <laughs> presenting. Um, anyway. So uh, yeah, every year um, we, the, the PCA ACA conference and PCA ACA stands for popular culture association and American culture association. Um, and it has a bunch of different subdivisions. Um, we call them areas. I don't know how many, like, I think well over a hundred, but one of those that was started up, I think in 2004 or five was fat studies. And that was started by Susan Koppelman. Um, she got that going. Um, and then after that, someone else came in and chaired the fat studies area of the PCA ACA. And then I started in 2005 or six. So it's been going on for a while. Um, and every year the PCA ACA conference moves around the US, somewhere in the South, somewhere in the Northeast, somewhere in the West. Um, and we all meet up and revel in our our um, awesome rad fattiness and share our fat scholarship. And we have people coming in to share their work from all the different, um, all the different subjects, all the different areas. Um, We have sociologists like me, we have psychologists, we have um, anthropologists, we have lit folks. Um, We have many others, but they're not popping into my head right now. 
Um, but like anyone who writes about fat from a critical perspective, meaning that we're emphasizing fat as a marginalized identity, and we want to talk about the implications of that, those folks are always welcome. Um, whether they are scholars, whether they are activists, whether they are artists, it's really important for me to blur those boundaries. So all those folks are welcome to propose some kind of paper to present to some really kind and loving folks who are excited to hear that scholarship. It's not always fat studies folks. Of course, we have a lot of folks coming in and out, but we do tend to stick together as a group. And it is really amazing, the community that we have, um, the fat studies folks at uh, PCA ACA. So the, the announcement that you're referring to is that as of yesterday, uh, the PCA ACA conference for April 2022, it was originally going to be held in Seattle, which is a fabulous city and I'm kind of sad, but um, due to COVID and especially COVID related funding and such, um, the PCA and ACA decided to keep it virtual the same way that they did last year. So having attended last year as a virtual conference, I can say it was freaking fabulous. It was so good. First of all, if you're a super introvert like me, being around all the people when you're walking from room to room, you're like, oh God, there's so many people. I can't handle it. Why can't I just nap? Um, the cool thing about attending virtually is you just click around. So you just see little talking heads. Um, and it's, it's less hellish for those of us who are, are mega introverts. So um, it's it was really amazing. I, I got to attend all of the, the fat studies presentations and then I got to zoom in and out of other folks's presentations. It was it was really dynamic and and riveting. So I'm actually kind of excited, even though I'd love to see the fat studies folks again um, in person. But if anyone who's listening to this wants to propose some kind of presentation. Again, you don't have to have a PhD or an MA behind your name. Um, you can be a um, an activist, an artist, some kind of person that deals with, um, with fatness as an, a, an oppressed group and ways to talk about that and deal with that and seek community and solidarity and such. Um, please feel free to propose a paper. Um, if you go to the PCA ACA website and click conference, you can see all the all the links that'll lead you to 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 um, to register and to propose a paper, and then I will get back with you right away. And I would really, really love that. Um, the The deadline for that is coming up. Actually, um, I'm trying to think. I think it. You know, you'd think I would know this off the top of my head, um, but the deadline's coming up soon. So there you go. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm. One of the things that is great about it being virtual is that I definitely could potentially attend. Um, the The barrier for me in the the in person is the cost. <laughs> Unless there was a fat fairy godmother yeah. that wanted to pay my way, unfortunately, mm -hmm. that would be what would keep me and has kept me from from past uh, PCA ACA conferences. Yeah. But um, hopefully, lots of people listening are, are going to definitely check that out for next year. I think that the accessibility yeah. of the virtual format definitely yeah. um, makes it a, yeah. a winner in my book. Um, and I will definitely yeah. think about um, about putting putting some stuff in. Leslie, before we um, run out of our time, because I, I, I am aware 
uh, that uh, we've only got so much time together today. I'd really love to hear more too about, about your writing. Um, I know that you've got um, a real passion for, for writing stories and writing stories specifically that actually include positive representations of fat people, which is not, which is not the norm, which is not something that you can usually find, find in, in your literature. And in fact, I actually keep a, a PowerPoint called fat nonsense in my literature. And every time I come across casual sizeism all the way to like, just really overt, disgusting, you know, anti-fat hatred kind of stuff. I, I, I put another slide in that presentation about what it was from and where it is. And let me tell you, I update that almost, you know, three or four times a week. So uh, talk to me more about, about your work and, and why you do it. Yeah. Thanks for that, by the way. I, um, and to, to bridge it, to form a nice segue that may or may not, you know, really exist. Um, but I have presented some of my fat pride poetry at PCA, um, as, uh, as a member of the fat poet society. And we, we published some books of fat, of fat themed fat pride poetry. I believe there's been three tomes of that and I have all of them. Oh my. That's right. Well, I got them on my shelf in the office. I'm a supporter. Yes, that's right. <laughs> it's okay. You can uh, you can be my biggest fan. I won't be sad. Okay. So, yes, there are three. Um, indeed, there are three tomes. I, I like that word way better than three publications. So, yeah. Um, um, so, I, I've, I've read some poetry there. Again, um, I, I love the idea of, burn, of blurring the boundaries between um, fat artistry, fat activism, fat scholarship. I think they can all do the same things. Um, so... That's something I've done. I've read that. I've read stories um, too at PCA, but yeah, um, something that I I do as part of my fat activism and also part of who I am as a writer is writing a lot of fat themed poetry. And when I write and publish novels, it is really important to me to further representations of fatness because oh cat like you. I am quite the, I'm, I, I'm not a, much of a visual media consumer, but I read a lot of books and it chips away at my soul every time I read the crap that comes through in a lot of books with uh, the villain being fat or just being used as a, a lazy signifier of um, slovenliness or stupidity or evil or something. It hurts. It sucks. I'm tired of it. So um, part of what I want to do as a fat activist um, and as a writer is to present this greater array of fat characters, characters of all different kinds of fat, characters of all intersecting identities of fat. Um, the only thing I think that I'm really not excited about is uh, showing fat characters who are ashamed of their fat. I know, of course, that that exists. But honestly, I don't really feel like I have to expand popular culture representation of that because there's plenty out there. So um, I want to get some representation out there of people who at the very least are neutral about their fat and at the most um, celebrate their fat. Um, where, so it can be part of the story or it can just be a feature of a character. It's really important to me that um, all of my books feature um, main characters or major minor characters or many characters who are fat and navigating the world. And thank you. <laughs> thank you seems such a, like a minor thing, but like, seriously, thank you for 
your work in that because um, as a reader, someone who's always read, you know, from as long as I can remember, you know, I was getting in trouble because my parents were like, quit reading and go to sleep. Or why don't you put down a book and go outside? Or, you know, then no, very few things have ever held my attention in the way that a book has. Um, And yet at the same time, like I could probably like list on one hand, how often I would come across a a non-negative representation of of fatness in, in what I read until the last couple of years. I mean, we've definitely seen an increase in the last couple of mm-hmm. years, you know, both mm-hmm. in stuff that is actually kind of relatively recognized by the mainstreams, so like the, the work of Julie Murphy, you know, might be kind of an example of that. Um, and I've definitely also seen an intake, an increase in like picture books with, you know, fat positive kids is the, yeah. the leads yeah. that, you know, don't have anything to do with like weight loss or any of that kind of nonsense. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful to, to artists like yourself that, um, bring your talents into that space to provide us with, you know, interesting stories where I can see someone like myself uh, engage in all sorts of things from everyday activities to fantastical adventures to, you know, what, whatever it might be. So yeah, there aren't the right words really to express how grateful I am for artists like yourself in making that in the world for me and like little, little me in the future to be able to consume. That is really kind of you to say, thank you for saying that. Um, and I would just like to say in all honesty, what I am doing as a, a an, an artist with my writing, with my poetry is one, is just another aspect of what you're doing with your radio show, right? Like we're all trying to expand, broaden the conversation and the representations out there so that we have more realistic and more fleshed out versions of fat folks and fatness in general. So yeah, we're all doing some really great stuff to make fat people real instead of these flat two-dimensional and pretty grossly represented beings. Yeah, no kidding. Listen, Leslie, if there are people listening that are really keen to like read your work or to get in contact with you to talk more about your work, or maybe they've got questions about the Fat City Stream at the PCA ACA, how can people find you online? Um, you can look for me on Facebook. You can you can email me. My name is Leslie Owen and it's spelled funky, so let's not up. It's L-E-S-L-E-I-G-H. And if you want to do um, Gmail, it's Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-I-G-H dot Owen, O-W-E-N at gmail.com. You can look for me on Facebook. Um, we can chat. My, um, I have, I have two different pseudonyms, two different nom de plumes. Um, one is Holly Gray and one is L Hill. Um, so I write under whether that it's queer or not queer is <laughs> really what differentiates which nom de plume I'll use. So, um, and I also publish my poetry under Leslie Owen. So please feel free to get in touch with me. I would love to chat with folks. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a real treat to chat with you today. Thank you so much, Kat. I was, I'm really excited to have this opportunity. Spotlight today is a piece published on Vast. It was published September 25th, 2021, 
and it's entitled Caring for My Body, published by Suck My Mouthpiece or written, sorry, by Suck My Mouthpiece. Quote, I often get complimented on my eyes. They are sea blue freckled with gray with a ring of yellow around the iris. I like my eyes too. They are one of the few things about me that have not been poked and prodded and diagnosed by the medical system. I identify as a woman with a mobility disability. I use a power chair and a mouthpiece ventilator as daily living aids. I need care for all aspects of daily living, and I live in the city with my partner and our dog. I do not have a private relationship with my body. From numerous surgical procedures to try and get my legs and hips straight so that I may walk, which never happened, to shaming discussions about controlling my weight for the benefit of others, my shape and weight have been monitored and controlled my whole life. I remember a procedure as a child needing to lie down on a bed with an apparatus over my head for hours. This was used to calculate how many calories I burn while sedentary in order to develop a personalized diet. Every meal was planned and controlled. During family meals, I always had a different plate. I dreamed of fruit roll-ups, granola bars, and Rice Krispie treats in my lunchbox. I rarely got snacks. Every six months, we would drive to the children's rehab hospital, where I would be weighed. A few days before the appointment, I would start starving myself. Most times, I gained weight. There would be a long discussion about how my weight impacted other people's ability to take care of me. I was told that my weight gain would make it harder for my mom. It made me feel selfish and ashamed. It also made me want to eat more. Looking back, this piece of my life was far more of an emotional journey than a physical one. One time in my teenage years, as I was leaving a Golden Griddle restaurant, a younger child asked me why I was so big, but my feet were so small. I had no clue how to respond. My weight and my disability have always been judged by others, by a medical system that treated my weight and disability as defects, and by a society that told me how beautiful I was for a disabled person. And let us not forget about my untouched, non-disabled eyes. I rarely have enough time or energy to savor and validate the things that make me smile and love myself, mostly because I am repairing the negative messages of being undeserved, undeserving, and a burden. Ableism and fat shaming are not mutually exclusive. They are, in fact, inextricably interconnected. The objectifying gaze starts at my feet and slowly inches its way higher, marking every supposed unnatural curve of my body and fold of fat. That gaze has been one of the few constants in my life. The other is shame. Several months ago, I was contacted by my caregiving agency manager. The manager had been approached by some of the staff around my recent weight gain, the concern being they were finding it challenging to provide care. I felt again like that little girl being selfish for causing those taking care of me stress. I was aware that I had gained weight, but I wondered exactly what was discussed and how it was framed. What's more, hearing this confirmed that my weight had been a topic of discussion among staff and apart from me. Needing care involves a complex relationship of ensuring your caregiver's needs are met so that your needs can be met. Whether through microaggressions or, as overtly as my experience, your body is continuously policed and framed in relation to the amount of work it takes for others to provide care. Fatness is internalized as a selfish act. Again, shame. 
I started asking my partner to bring me a cookie or a snack because I did not want to ask staff. I thought about food all the time. I spent time working through it with my therapist. I am working on an independent relationship with my body, a chance to discover and appreciate all that has been made to feel unworthy. My eyes remained unchanged, but through them, I am working to heal and awaken a righteous and unapologetic self-love for every curve and fold. End quote. Thanks for listening to another episode of Friend of Maryland. Friend of Maryland is brought to you by Manawatu People's Radio, triple nine AM. If you'd like to contact the show with questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for topics or guests, you can email us at friendofmaryland at AOL.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Closing the show is Casey Donovan with Last Regret.
support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.